one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I've decided to do a new podcast. This one will be called Brown People, a podcast where I speak to politicians, pundits, mothers, and thinkers about discovering the stories of people of colour. I'll be your host as we dive into the lives of thoughtful individuals who have maybe caused controversy but have definitely lived a life worth talking about. We'll be talking about the struggles, the triumphs and everything in between as we hear the experiences of people from all over the globe. We'll be getting to the root of what drives them, how they see the world and how the world sees them and how they've overcome the obstacles that life has thrown in their way. This is a podcast that will be an exploration and a conversation. So join us as we shine a light on the stories, struggles, and we look at the lives of people of colour. Please subscribe to it today, whether you're a brown person or not. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. Welcome. And first off, I have to say, you're such a lovely bunch of people. Thank you, everybody, who's been giving me hugs and support. Some of you have had a funeral to attend this weekend, and there's been other kind of family dramas. One of the things that's really helped me through this weekend is Jacqueline being a total star and giving me space to grieve and be with my family. So as soon as this is over, I'm rushing off to the wake. Sorry that I haven't been around and haven't been my normal cheery self. But thank you for those that did know. Give me hugs, give me support. It's meant a lot. And yes, I've lost an uncle. And he's obviously a member of my family. But you are my chosen and extended family. You're incredibly special. And nine plus years ago, my love of this wonderful soap opera led me to try and find my friends, my family, my tribe, and I've found you, and I'm looking at you now. So thank you. Oh, I failed. Also, it goes without saying that we are the people's podcast, right? I do not claim to be any expert on the arches other than I'm a fan. And the fact that I'm not an expert, I reveal every week when I get on the mic, right? Because I have to defer to other people, Cosmo or Stephen. But this is a wonderful thing which could only be put together through the internet, through social media. Not loving the archers, but 
our unique take on it. I am utterly no leader of, of this tribe. I'm just one of many. And one of the things which I have to do after nine years of doing this podcast is say that, you know what, my my time's up. My I do so many diff- different things and things are starting to fray at the edges. And that has been large this weekend in terms of the academic archers, aren't they cool? They've asked Cara and Nicola fundamentally really put this together. Yes, I might have chosen this venue, but they've done all the grunt work. And then we, and it's so wonderful to see somebody like Stephen, who's come up, Bernadette, we've got uh, Mel, who's come all the way down from Scotland. We've got Philippa, we've got Quentin. It just shows that we are a team of all the talents. We're a wonderful set of people who doesn't matter whatever happens with me. This podcast will go on and on. And and it to that in that vein, it's symbolic and touches me emotionally. And I'm such a big softy. I think everybody knows that we have Kerry with us today. Who who has it was literally, if not actually, and I get upset when people say literally mean actually one of the first great and the good to come on to the show can't remember if it was episode five or episode so it wasn't episode 10 and kerry actually came on and it was like we've been sprinkled with a bit of gold dust it was a bit of validation from from the great and the good so it's wonderful that in one of my last appearances we actually have kerry because it feels like things have almost come full circle and then if we all remember a couple of years ago this thing called covid and that kicked things up into another gear in terms of the, the dum dums Because every Friday, I think starting in May, we had these Zoom calls. And that really, for me, solidified the community. I don't know if people have long enough memories to remember how those Zoom calls actually started. dum dum got national press, everybody. T-wanking Archer's Storm, I think, was one of the headlines. <laughs> In my naivety, when I got onto Zoom, I posted the link without a password all over Twitter to think, this is what you do. It's not what you do at all. And a gentleman who, of advanced age, decided to drop his trousers, pleasure himself loudly whilst shouting racial epithets, shall we say, whilst Terry Malloy was trying to talk about his time being an actor in The Archers. That Zoom call lasted for all of, I think, five minutes. I've never been so embarrassed. I was called the N-word. This man was pleasuring himself. All manner of things kicked off on Zoom. I went to bed shamefaced. I was woken up at about eight o'clock in the morning. Hello, are you Roy Phil Brown? Yes, I am. My name is Sid. I'm from the Sun newspaper. Did a man wank on your Zoom yesterday? I said yes. He said, how much money do you want for this story? In my naivety, I only said 600 quid. You went, done. That story got in the Sun, the Mirror, the Star, the Independent, the Times, you name it. So much so that even the BBC covered it. A giggling Colin Patterson, the BBC's entertainment expert, recounted the story. 
The Foreign Secretary, Dominic Raab, has made clear that restrictions imposed to control the spread of coronavirus will continue for quite some time. An online video chat for fans of the Archers had to be abandoned after the meeting was bombarded with pornography and Nazi swastikas. The Dumpty Dum podcast, which is named after the show's theme tune, discusses all aspects of the soap. To cheer up their listeners and to help those who needed some company during the coronavirus lockdown, the host, Royfield Brown, organised a Zoom call, which would include an appearance by a surprise guest for the show. However, as our entertainment correspondent Colin Patterson reports, that was far from the only surprise. This is not an everyday story about fans of the archers. Self-pleasuring and neo-Nazis are not words normally associated with the world's longest-running drama. But things did not go to plan when fans of the show decided to have a Zoom meeting to cheer themselves up during lockdown. Dumpty, dumpty, dumpty. Tum is a weekly podcast dedicated to the show, which has been running for six years. Plot lines are discussed, character appearances are counted. It's aimed at real aficionados. The host, Royfield Brown, thought it would be a nice idea if, during coronavirus, listeners could meet up for an online video chat to discuss the latest goings-on in Ambridge. On the latest edition of the podcast, he explained just how wrong things went. There was a gentleman who was at least 60 who decided to pleasure himself mm. uh, in front of the massed ranks of dum dummers on Zoom. There was all manner of pornography thrown up and Nazi swastikas, and I was called the N-word repeatedly. <gasps> it was really? an utter dip, yeah. And all of this was witnessed by the meetup's surprise guest, Terry Malloy, who plays Mike Tucker in The Archers, who'd been happily answering fans' questions. Royfield Brown says the mistake they made was to put a link to the meeting all over Twitter, meaning that anyone who saw it could join in. However, he's not deterred. They will try the meetup again this Friday night with new security. Those who want to take part will have to send a direct message to secure the password. It is unclear if Terry Malloy will be back. The headlines again. Dum de Dum has even been to San Francisco. I've done not one but two meetups in San Francisco with 20 odd San Franciscans all singing at the theme to Barwick Green. We had our biggest international meetup in, in Toronto some years ago. And I've done a little bit of crying on occasion with this podcast. Initially, when I came up with the idea to do it, I said, this is what's going to happen, Lucy. We are going to become megastars. Right. We're going to be traveling the length and breadth of Britain, going to WIs, and we're going to rock it with the over 70s set. She went, Royfield sounds like a plan. Okay, that didn't exactly happen, but I am here now looking at people who've listened to my podcast for nine years about the thing which I've loved. The thing which, from when I was a rebellious teenager at the age of 14, 15, I said, I don't listen to BRMB anymore, right? I'm going to listen to Radio 4. And from our own correspondent, Loose Ends, and then it was The Archers, Radio 4 opened up the world to me. So I live in California, in San Francisco. It gave it's put on me, me, the inspiration and the broad-mindedness to say there is a world outside of the city of Birmingham. There's a world outside of England. And it's almost paradoxical that Radio 4 gave me a love and, an, and a passion for the world. But what's really held me to Radio 4 is actually this thing which is 
quintessentially and parochially English. And I wear my love of the archers with such pride wherever I go. And I'm so blessed to be able to have this little madcap third ever podcast, whichever did after How Jamaica Conquered the World. I'm a proud son of Jamaican immigrants, then mid-Atlantic, so I wanted to be serious about politics. Then I just became a fan with part of a community that loves this wonderful thing, which Sunny is, we all know she's our favourite character on it, don't we? And then to be able to have in my phone, Kerry Davis's Uncle God Kerry's number. <laughs> so... Thank you for being with me on this journey for the last nine years. I've made so many mistakes. Hopefully I made one or two correct things. I'm going to choke up. <laughs> and I'm so sorry that when this finishes, I just have to run and be with my family. But thank you for being my special chosen family. Thank you, everybody. So we obviously, Jacqueline and I do this every week. We don't ever see each other when we do this. And there will probably be the odd stop and start because we're going to do things in a different order, right? So bear with us as we fluff. And then you'll marvel when you hear my edit and say, that's pretty bloody smooth. But it is it, very amazing. It's We are shambolic. So that was your dumpty dum yesterday. We'll do another one at the end as well. All right. But I received this in my WhatsApp yesterday. Hi, Royfield and Jacqueline. This is God Squad Mia. Bernadette Holtzarch's fan 2015. And Rob Williams. And we're at the Cozy Club. And we're, we're just saying hello. Hello. We're getting ready to have a really good time at the Cozy Club. Um, yeah. Well, then you know that because you're two tables away. <laughs> We're a little bit drunk, but uh, we've had a great day. Bye. 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 There you go. And the weird thing was, I was sitting next to them as they did it. They wouldn't let me join in. <laughs> I'm going to do the, this next bit. I know it's in red, but because I'm doing this on the hoofs. This week's Dumbly Dump was done by Orla Yao. That was at the Academic Orchards and Dumbly Dump mashup weekend. Give yourselves a big round of applause. And this week's podcast is sponsored by Lynn Fullerlove. So we'd like to give him a round of applause too. This is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality ducky drama that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the frustrated heir who is known as Royful Brown and I am here today with the interfering mother who is Jacqueline Berberto from Brittany in France. And today we're joined on stage by Sonny Ormond, also known as Lillian Bellamy, and friend of the podcast, and Archer's writer Kerry Davis. On this episode, we have a very rowdy group of Corinneras. In fact, we've heard the rowdiest ones, I think, already. We hear from Miss Christmas, Julie, David from Carmarthen, 
Vicky Cole. She's my Vicky Cole as well now. Amy, Paul, Globetrotting Richard and Gadget Girl in Scotland. We also have our new and regular feature from our Stephen, who can be relied upon to explain the ins and outs of some of our favourite Ambridge institution. And this week he's discussing Brummies and Black Country Folk. Plus we have Tweet of the Week from our Purple Pumpkin, our Theo. And we have a social media roundup from Katie. Don't forget, if you search for Dumpty Dum on YouTube, guess what you get? A bit of Dumpty Dum on YouTube. So go on to YouTube, search for Dumpty Dum, and you'll get us. Now, when you go there, please, for the love of all things holy, don't just enjoy the content. Please subscribe. The algorithm works in such a wonderful way that if you do that, pleasant things happen to all things who are into the archers. Now, we need you to continue to send us in your dum dums We need a bank of these tunes so we can play them out in the future, so I don't just need to rely upon old, tired-out renditions of Barwick Green. So if you fancy singing with your friends, with your family, tooting on your tin whistles, please send us in a full rendition of Barwick Green. You can send it to us via SpeakPipe or by any other means if you have the facility for that, and that'd be most awesome. Please keep them coming. Now, let's hear what our social media gurus have been talking about on the Dumpty Dum Facebook page with our wonderful Katie to tell us what has been going on. Hey up my ducks, it's Katie here at Katie P Land on Twitter and Instagram, coming live from the mashup weekend. It's been fab meeting you all. There was one character with numerous posts this week and he didn't even speak. Rob. Our Witherspoon wondered what will happen between Pat, Helen or Natasha and Rob and linked it with a very appropriate song. Melly McMurrayweather wondered if someone's going a little bit overboard. Matt Hollis was appreciative of the week, giving them a background on the Helen and Rob saga. Sarah Evans gave a great plot prediction about Lee, but I hope she's wrong. And Catherine Humphreys asked how Rob acquired his visa for this state. Visa in the States for the first place. Next was Adam and his half-sister Discovery. Rob Williams warned Adam to be careful and that he could be being scammed. While Melly Matthews, Melanie Matthews shared her own lovely story with her dad. It's worth taking a look. On to other news. We welcome Lisa Hood, who's been following the storylines on Twitter for some time, and shared their thoughts in the post. Well worth a gander. Another newbie, Kate Gamble, wondered whether the photos of the new cheese windows will show something, or someone, suspicious. Louise Lawton said what we're all thinking. If they'd had to spend an evening like that with Jim, they'd have definitely been on the source. And Laura Jackson asked for a reminder why Jazza and Ed fell out in the first place. Kate Nichols shared an article titled The Archer's Electric Vehicle Row shows why rural areas may oppose charges, but they also have so much to gain, and wondered if it was written by a Dumpty Dummer. Kate Penfold isn't a fan of Sykesy, and not sure many people are. Rob Williams has heard his four-year-old grandson whine less than Freddie. And Susan Delamere simply told Freddie to grow up. Hear, hear. Our Sandra shared a quote from Kerry Davis, proving George clearly has a strain of Grundy in his genes. While out in the big wide world, our Sandra spotted that Graham Seed's in the best exotic Marigold Hotel. Our Witherspoon heard Oliver being interviewed on BBC Radio for the reunion regarding the cast of Sharp. And Paul Newman discovered why Kirsty didn't accompany Helen to meet Jess. She was too busy voicing radio ads for Cadbury. Michelle Wright. Oh, sorry. It's kind of funny. 
Michelle Wright has asked if anyone else is interested in the Cambridge summer meetup to reply to their post. And finally, Mike Jennings said if anyone's free on Tuesday, the BBC will be at the Old Bull Ink Barrow recording a Eurovision slash Archers special. Details are found on the Facebook page. As usual, welcome to the newbies. Make yourselves known. Settle in with the cuppa and let us know your thoughts. Until next time, ta-ra! Indeed. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. There was mention of Sykesy. Right, Mr. D. I've said a few times on the podcast, I'm not up for new characters at the moment because I think we have enough old characters that I'm not hearing from. So, number one. What's the point of Sykesy? And is there a number on the amount of active characters on the show? Okay, two questions. What's the point of Sykesy? Sykesy is there so that we can see Ben at work. Simple as that. We've got to have somebody who he's caring for at the laurels. Otherwise, it's just, I'm off to the laurels today. What was the second question? Is there a number on the amount of active characters? No, is the short answer. And with a programme that's been going as long as The Archers has, inevitably the cast list grows and grows over the years because it's easy to create a character, to fill a need. It's a lot harder to get rid of them because you grow attached to them. And unlike the television soaps, as Sunny will no doubt be gritting her teeth as I say this, we don't pay retainers. Radio money is too small, really, to say, yeah, we want 
first call on you for the for this entire year or whatever in the way that the television sets can do because there are rich relatives you see and so there's no actual financial penalty for the program in having a large cast of potentially available characters where there is a limit is the number of characters we can or the number of appearances we can actually have in the week and because of progressive pressure on the license fee some people may be aware that has reduced over the years certainly over the time that I've been working on the show and so that's where the that's where the limit is how many we can actually hear in a week but not in how many are available for broad you know, to, to be drawn Sonny is there anything which a stalwart actor like yourself can do to try and badger the great and the good the average gods the writers to maybe give you a little bit more mic time Yes, there's always financial bribery, of course, isn't there? <laughs> but before we should we start, maybe I should say hello to everybody as Lillian. Hello, darlings. <laughs> we, we can slightly get that out on the way, can't we? Yeah, I would say financial bribery. Really, Royfield, I'd say... Sexual favours also. <laughs> I didn't like to see that, actually. But yeah, yeah, I would say. Can I just come in? Here? The answer is to be good. And of course, we have one of the finest actors in the show here and with who took the character that we reintroduced into the program and absolutely made it larger than life and a joy to write and we never there's never a case of oh really a Lillian story oh dear me it's fantastic yeah let's uh, let's hear more from her that's heartening to hear that is really heartening to hear, isn't it? Well, it's quite interesting when I came in, because obviously, I mean, it's 20-odd years ago now, but I'm the second Lillian. And as Kerry said, there was a new Lillian. I was given a different sort of brief. And I think, Kerry, I'm right in thinking, I, ca- I came in for about six months, and it was when you were actually producing. And I remember the episode when you said to me, Sonny, uh, I'm afraid we're going to, the character's going to have to be out of the show for about 18 months, two years, because we discovered that because she came over from Guernsey, there was some ruling, wasn't there? Do you remember? The tax things. The tax stairs. I remember you, and I went, oh my goodness, no, I finally arrived, bells and whistles. But yes, I was out for about 18 months, wasn't I? And then reintroduced re-intru- again. Wasn't the, wasn't the sort of thing you say to an actor, I'm terribly sorry, love. The tax problems, we're yeah. going to have to just rest the character. Yeah. It was absolutely true. Yeah, and I thought, oh yeah, really? Is that, <laughs> I used to be a terrible failure. But no, it was the truth, wasn't it? It was actually the truth. Just to enlarge on what <laughs> Sonny said to those that don't know, because I, I've I've been involved in the show in a number of different roles. So I was a, I joined as a producer in 1992, <laughs> over 30 years ago, which still staggers me. And it's only in the latter years that I've moved over to be a, now a freelance writer. That's right, because you used to be in there directing, is it? Because yeah. in the Archers, producer stroke is the director. And I still oh, miss yeah. the directing. Do you? Yeah. Oh, it's top back. We miss you. Job, we miss you. Yeah. We miss you. Yeah. Let's get you back in there, please. <laughs> Let's look at the week in Ambridge from our Suey Queen or Tart. Hello, lovely people. In Suey Queen or Tart on the Twitters here. And another week in Ambridge. Sadly, I am not with everybody else in Birmingham. Instead, I am in Florida at a conference. So this week has been siblings in many forms, exes in many forms, and David's attempts at peacekeeping. Oh dear. It's been another bridge farm at the front this week. Pat had an epic meltdown on Sunday at Hella's birthday tea. 
Jack had disappeared for a few seconds and Pat was convinced she'd been taken by public enemy number one, Rob, despite the fact he's not on the cask list. She insisted the whole family should move back to Bridgeville. Me stood up to her. There was some actual shouting and Helen wished she'd never met Rob. Imagine the drama we would have missed out on if she hadn't. Ian took a lot of credit for sorting Helen out during the time she was with Rob, not mentioning Kirsty's part. Clearly his memories are somewhat different to some of ours. Pat hoped that Helen wasn't avoiding her. She was, Pat. Pat didn't like how Lee spoke to her. Tough, Pat, frankly. She apologised to Helen and things seemed a little bit less worse. Things were muddling along until there was a very grim moment on the sofa where Helen had a flashback, clearly to her experiences with Rob. It's all come out that Justin stopped volunteering at the shop and withdrawn from the Business Angel Awards. Hurrah! Tony is coming out in favour of the EV charging station, which has put Jim's nose right out of joint. I foresee trouble ahead. The groom-to-be Jazza and his two best men, Jimus and Ed, have been out road-testing pubs in the scorecard made by Jimus. Clearly. It's not easy for Ed and Jazza to be together because of George. He's a jail sentence waiting to happen. I think Tracy spoke for all of us when she said, keep away from George Grundy. There was a tense atmosphere with Jim trying to help the two talk to each other and comparing their past actions with George and Brad. Very diplomatic. Jazza made a new chum, Dennis, who turns out to be Tracy's ex, Den. He recommended a pub for the stag do and they met up on Thursday, at which point Tracy recognised him as her ex, Den, and that clearly ruled the pub out. Dennis, as he now wants to be called, wants to communicate with his children. So let's see how that turns out. Adam appears to have a new half-sister, Erin, who works in retail. He discovered his father, Paddy, died just two weeks ago. Adam's just missed him. This is all very suspicious. But it seems we may now know why Sykesy is in the storyline. He knew Paddy, so hopefully he can rescue Adam if Erin turns out to be an imposter scammer, like we think. She's not asked for money yet, but it's only the first call. Sykesy and Ben enjoyed some banter at the laurels and did a bit of bonding over just the dog. Ben asked if Sykesy would like to see Brookfield, so we'll be having a road trip. Boyant Ben asked Ruth and David if Sykesy can visit Brookfield after he'd already invited him some time for a look round. David reckons they might just have got the old Ben back. Oh dear, I hope you're not jinxed it, David. Freddie danced around like a nervous puppy over the painting, which the trustees have decided not to sell. Elizabeth gave him a good talking to after he had a teenage tantrum. She is happy to keep the explanatory text panel in place and wants Freddie to train the guides. Freddie continued with a strop at dinner, and David attempted to break a piece. He is sadly no Henry Kissinger. Freddie said the painting made him think of the explosion at Grey Gables and modern slavery. David said he'll speak to Elizabeth. Oh dear. The most unlikely thing that happened this week is that apparently Susan lost the new window except for being stared through it by Basil Fawlty. Did this make sense to anyone? Because it didn't to me. Tracy told Brad and Chelsea about their dad. Chelsea said she's having nothing to do with him. Brad admitted to being led by George. He's got to learn from his mistakes and have now to do with George, but he will see his dad. This should be interesting. I hope you've had a lovely time, Brom, for the lucky ones who were there. Until next week, then, my lovelies, hope it's a different... Adam Berto, have you had a lot of time in Brum? No, I've hated every minute of it. No, I've had the most amazing time in Brum. I've not been to Brum very often, once before in my life. And I've never been to a Dumpty Dum meet-up. I met a couple of people in Brittany. 
and I met with a spoon in New York once. Never been to an Archers Academics Academic Archers Conference. I've never been to a conference ever. And do you know, Royfield, when you weren't here yesterday morning, they made me make the first give the first talk, the keynote. Oh. Yeah. You did the heavy lifting. Yeah, but I t- as I said at the beginning, the only way from here is up. <laughs> we started at rock bottom. But I, I heard really you were very good. I heard you were very good. Thank you very much. Now, how was your last week in Ambridge? My last week in Ambridge was a bit bitty because I was travelling a lot. But, Pat, I'm not a Pat fan. However, I can understand her where her nervousness is coming from, but... As with everything that happens with the Bridge Farm family, they're so emotionally, it's all gone wrong somewhere along the line. And I just don't feel that anybody was acting in a way that a normal family would act. I don't know. I don't know. Your daughter's been put through what Helen did. She nearly murdered somebody in self-defence. She has a custodial sentence. You hear this man is back in Blighty. I'd be getting the shotgun out as well. I would. I'd be protecting my child doesn't mean that actually what she said was right in the cold light of day but this is your child and what they've been through and the perpetrator potentially is in penny hassett you don't know where they are they could be close true true darrington i agree you always make me say i agree in the end don't you but in fact the whole thing is that pat was over dramatic and hyping it up and as a mom i don't think i would do that and as I'm a very calm person, <laughs> don't do over-exaggeration. Yeah, I would be calm. Pat's over-egging of it worried me for what the effect that would have on Helen. I think Pat is overreacting, but oh, there's a reason. And it's because she got it so wrong the last year. And that's why she feels that such guilt for not having seen Rob for what he really is. And yes, she is. Yeah, she, her, her reaction is actually not helpful. No. But I think that's what's motivating it. Yeah. And just to pick you up, Helen didn't get a custodial sentence. She was on remand. Yeah. But of course, she, she was, yes. yeah. she was yeah. found not guilty. Yeah. As we're talking about mums, what a comparison between two mums and their children this week. Lizzie with Freddie. I wanted to slap her. And I wanted to hug Tracy because I thought Tracy was absolutely brilliant with mm. her children going to him. So, yeah. Bravo, Tracy. I was listening to the omnibus. It was marvellous as you all were, because I was listening, obviously, as I was coming in to do. But I can understand, actually, both points of view, because he being, Toby being the young person as well, he has inherited, hasn't he, all this? Freddie. Freddie, I bet father. Toby's the actor, I beg your pardon. Yes, see him as, as Toby. But yeah, he's inherited this situation. And young people are much more aware now, aren't they, of what is politically acceptable and what he's not. It'll be very interesting to see, won't it, how that story actually does, yeah. does develop. So the storyline like, like that, Kerry, take us through how that would have played out in the scriptwriter's room. Given that we've got a stately home with ancient paintings, it would have been very strange for us because this has become such a such such a live issue in museums, galleries, stately homes, and so on across the country, across the world. We're not. We try not to be issue driven with our stories. That's really the wrong way to start. You should start with characters. You should start with situation. But in this case, I think there was definitely a feeling that this was important. It was relevant. Uh, to the archers and that we should be doing something to reflect what's happening in the real world. 
Uh, like stories come in one of two directions. They either come top down, as it were. I don't mean that in a bad way. It's the editor and the production team. They say, we want to do this story. Some many stories come, as it were, bottom up from the writers. Writers, it's been slightly in abeyance because of COVID and so on, but we're just getting back into the swing of the long-term sort of planning, story planning process, where we've all been asked to put up story line ideas, long-term storyline ideas, which in our case could be anything from six months to three years to even longer, you know. Uh, but in this case, it was a, uh, it was, it came from the editor and, and the production team. And so it was brought as a draft story to us, not fully worked out, but there's the early stages. Probably we work on a four-week cycle, so we probably had four weeks of draft story, which were then... Uh, would then have been discussed in the script meeting uh, or the, the relevant script meeting for that period. But at that point, Kerry, would you have said that Lizzie's going to take one view and Freddie's going to take another? Or is that something which then comes out when you're like drafting that story? I can't honestly rem- remember our planning process is well ahead of the actual, but by the time the story gets, to, it gets onto air. But I suspect because without conflict, there's very little drama. I suspect we probably did. Yeah, it was probably intentional that we would have two different views, and the logical two are Dinner Freddie and his mother, Freddie and Lily. I think they disagree as well. Actually, I think, but that's the strongest relation relationship. I think in this case, and then it plays out, and then in four weeks' time, will the writers will then the production team will sit down and we'll have a broad idea of where the story is going. But we'll have by then the scripts will have been written. It will be. We'll have much more detail about how it's playing. And so then that may well affect how the story then is further developed. Yeah, so it's a bit of a cliche, but it's an organic process. Madame Berto, for me, I thought the reappearance of Dennis was pretty significant last week. That seems to be the harbinger of, of stuff, shall we? Stuff, stuff for stuff. Tracy and Jazza and Brad. Brad. Yeah, I'm putting Drake. I, I think they're rocks. They're solid. Yeah, yeah. It's Brad, isn't it's it? It's Brad. And we've already seen that Brad can be influenced by uh, George very easily. And then, or now as he's a mature 50-year-old man, let's be called Dennis, maybe he'll send him down the wrong road. I hope not. I hope not. I hope he... Well, he's definitely going to mess with his head, so to speak, isn't he? Yeah, he is. And Brad, for me, is a fragile, young man. In that yeah. he could be easily influenced in any all sorts of ways. Yeah. It's not probably, I think he's got such a solid relationship with his mum and Jazza and of course the wonderful Chelsea. So I'm hoping that they will be close enough and he will be able to communicate with them enough that he's going to that he won't be influenced in the wrong way or do something so this is the dreadful thing that we actually do want him to be influenced the wrong way for the sake of the drama, don't we? You know, this is we said. It's well, as Kerry said though. Without conflict, there is no drama. Yeah, but I, I don't like. I haven't enjoyed this Ben's struggling and suffering mental health storyline. I feel I look at these vulnerable young men in this, what can be a horrible online world and all the rest of it now. And for me, having another young man who's going to have his head messed with, I worry. You know me, Royfield. I'm a worrier. So that's dum de dum. Live part one. Part two will be with you shortly. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.